News Talk, 1130 WISN's Retirement Clinic, with your host, Aaron Kowal, president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Whew, that's a month. <laughs> How are you, Aaron? I'm awesome, but I'll get better. How are you, Paul? That's <laughs> one of your dad's favorite lines. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. This is uh, this is going to be a good show. Okay, so here we are, week after Easter. Well, we got to have a good show one of these days, Paul, when I'm on, so... Your your due is that what you're saying? (laughs) I think you picked the right guest, longtime guest, and friend of the show, Kelly Brown, America's favorite banker. Is hey Paul, hi Aaron, good to see you guys today. Thanks for having me back. Good to see you, Kelly. We've got much to talk about. If you were to sum up your professional experience and what you've done in financial services, in banking, uh, how would you describe? Your, your job. I've done it do. all. I've done it all um, from working in every type of bank, a small community bank, regional bank, national bank, to starting my own bank, selling that bank, um, starting a company that really worked with a lot of banks across the country, spreading out risk with FDIC insurance, to uh, now being a partner in a private equity firm. So it, it really just, you know crosses the spectrum of the financial services industry so you got a lot more than a little bit of experience just yeah just a when, tad when and, it comes to this and then over the last couple of weeks it's come been in a little handy. busy lately yeah <laughs> i know you know what i like about it, you say you know say what it is what it's really going on out there not the company line or what you know what the media or whoever wants you to to believe that that there's some issues that there are uh, that are out there, and you know this is the retirement clinic, but um, part of retirement is having a stable foundation, having a stable banking relationship, having your ducks in a row, so that you don't have to worry. I mean, you shouldn't be you know they, they say oh it's money in the bank. Well, yeah. that doesn't mean what it used to mean, right? Well, and, and to your point on retirement, yeah. you know, for people that are saving for retirement or those that are already in retirement. You, you know, you want to make sure your funds are safe. You know, yep. safety and security is something I think we all seek um, and, and, and hoping to, you know, manage the risk. And over the last couple of weeks, I think people have gotten um, a little more heightened and there's an awareness of what does it mean for a bank to be safe? And so I think today's segment is, uh, I think this is a good time to be talking about the all this. The end of all the radio commercials for much of my career, FDIC insured. Yes. You heard it fast, right? So fast I couldn't even say it there, yep. Kelly. You didn't think so fast it becomes meaningless, it. right? Yes, yes. Not did we? We've all heard FDIC insured. Do we know what it means? I think the last couple of weeks, month or whatever it's been, Kelly. Yes, we kind of are understanding. It. Americans are kind of perking up and realizing this is a real deal. Yeah, yeah, well, and let's, absolutely. Let's get into it. Yeah. a little bit. I mean, because. There's so much, I hate the terms, misinformation and disinformation. Yeah. And just a lot of people are talking that don't know what the heck they're talking about. Right. And um, so why don't we get into it a little bit? You know, we, obviously, when there's issues uh, you know, uh, in a macroeconomic level, you can say, well, inflation's doing this. Well, that actually does affect a lot of people. But, or this legislation is passing through Congress, or this executive order came down. Okay, how does that affect me? This does. So I think it's important to understand the macro in order to get to the micro. Yeah. So how, how does that have an, have an impact on your personal financial situation? So the big name that we've all heard about, Silicon Valley Bank, Kelly, why'd they fail? Well, there's a number of factors. I think for the best thing for the audience to understand is a bank is not a bank is not a bank. Every bank is different. Some are small community banks, some are national banks, some are regional banks, some are commercial banks, some are retail banks. They're all different. 
what made Silicon Valley Bank and and its and its sister in our in the downfall here over the last couple of weeks, Signature Bank, <clears throat> is that they concentrated on a certain type of customer. And like anyone in business or anything, even in your home personal lives, the minute you put all your eggs in one basket, yeah. there's risk. And so Silicon Valley Bank was really known uh, for the bank for venture capital and startups. So when money was being raised to start Facebook or Twitter or any of these potential great companies when they didn't know there was potential, the the bank required all of its customers that if they lent them money, you would need to put all the deposits of that company in our bank. Yeah. And um, that was around 70% of their overall portfolio were these and that's types been the of model customers. forever. Many, right? many years. Yeah. And Silicon Valley Bank, just so everyone understands, it's a great bank. They didn't have any credit issues. This was not a, this was not a mismanaged bank like what we saw in 2008. Right. This was a, a, a perfect storm of deposits in a in a way that were collected over a period of three years that were that very quickly collected there was no place to deploy those deposits because banks take deposits and they put them in loans for people so they went out and they bought long-term securities now that's legal right there's no Absolutely. malicious like bad no. intent here nothing no. like that no but even jamie diamond the ceo of jp morgan chase back two years ago two and a half years ago had said you know banks that are out buying trying to chase yield on a long longer term security with excess yeah. deposits are going to be in trouble when the economy shifts and sure enough what happens the tech se- sector got soft they needed some of those deposits that were sitting in the bank these companies needed those deposits now to run their businesses they're pulling deposits out of the bank the bank needs to go and cash in those securities in order to have liquidity for some of these depositors and they were underwater and that's what caused that the initial start of the problem the bank then comes out. They say, hey, we need to raise capital. They say it out into the market. The market says, what do you mean Silicon Valley Bank needs to raise capital? Analysts start digging into their numbers. Next thing you know, it's a social media firestorm. And and, and you it, can do it. You can withdraw on your phone. And, well, and it becomes, it's really the first bank run that ever was caused by social media. I mean, huh. at the end of the day, that's that's what really caused it. It was the social media, the quickness of how fast something's wrong at Silicon Valley Bank. People went, oh my gosh, I got to get my money out now, of Now, when there. you say bank run, I think of George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Except they didn't have cell phones. They did they not have, have social so- media nope. telling them. Correct. It was just, we saw a little group of people forming and they were, you know, so nowadays, does that make a difference? A hundred percent makes a difference. And that misinformation or people saying things that they don't know or, or causing panic when people say Silicon Valley bank wasn't a good bank and they failed because it, that's not true. It, that is as absolutely again. So they didn't fail with the, they didn't mismanage their their risk, or they were chasing the the uh, there was, there was, yield too much. There was some of that, but yeah. I can tell you, you know, there's probably seventy percent of banks across the country were doing very similar things. Yeah. It's just at the scale in which that was ha- occurring, right. and the concentration of those kinds of customers in that bank was the perfect storm. And in two thousand eight, when two thousand eight, um, the down the crash, you know, the housing crash oh, yeah. collapse. Remember that? It was all well. credit. It was all credit issues, you know. And this this time, banks are. I, I would argue most banks have the best credit we've seen in a decade. Well, they're all they'll PTSD from 08 that they're trying to avoid. And Dodd Frank has issues. you know a lot more regulations. They got rid of mark to market accounting. That's and- right. But with you know when when the Fed starts increasing interest rates at the at the clip that it started increasing these interest rates, the banks didn't rate have increases yeah, ever. and banks had liquidity issues. This is what happened. Now I would say I wouldn't I wouldn't say that every bank is out of the woods. 
There are right. banks in this country, a lot of large regional banks that are that are still struggling with some of these things that may occur. They're trying to shore up their balance sheets. They're working very diligently to do that. But I would also say that most small community banks are community banks in this country, which drives small business. Yeah. Those are not the banks that are troubled. You know, it's the larger banks that have taken more risk, that have, you know, wanted to push the envelope on chasing yield. It isn't the small community banks that, you know, necessarily. So our local banks, trouble. probably okay. I, I, I would say that your local community bank is, I, you know, 99%. Yeah, we can never say anything yeah, guaranteed. Right. Well, nothing's guaranteed. I mean, right. we had, we look, we saw what everyone said MI Bank was around 100 years and it's never going to fail. Well, you know what? Credit MI Swiss. Bank failed. So, Credit Suisse, too. It, exactly. So, yeah. you know, yeah, never you say 100%. Never say never. But no. local, when you bank local, I mean, I've always been told that's just the way to go, right, Kelly? Yeah. And you just mentioned it now. And of course, nothing's guaranteed, but you read my mind. My next question was. Could this be a domino effect? It's been, what, a month or so, maybe more than a yeah, month? Yeah, about four weeks, yep. So could it happen again? I think at the time people were were afraid, this this. oh my gosh, maybe tomorrow's another one, then another bank. Then a, yeah. How many banks are there in the yeah. country? There's thousands. Well, I think it's important for people to understand that the FDIC has the money it has to protect depositors from the banks themselves. The banks actually pay an assessment and that every year, and that's what funds the FDIC. So when we're hearing talk about uh, they're going to... The U.S. government's going to insure everyone's deposit. That's not going to happen. And if they did that, if you th- just do the the, the thinking, oh, yeah. if if bankers knew every deposit was going to be protected by the government, if I'm a banker, I'm going to take a lot of risk when I'm making loans. Then I'm going to chase there's every. No point there's in- there's no consequence to poor behavior on the lending side. So that's that's not a good solution. There are some good solutions that. People are talking about in certain circles, um, and I've been involved in many of those conversations about some ideas that we could potentially work with the FDIC or the Treasury Secretary and how to how to properly manage this particular challenge. Um, and so we'll see what ends up happening. But there are solutions out there. No. Uh, Aaron, from your perspective, right, the Kowal Investment Group, we deal with retirement plans. Yeah. You have clients that are looking at the big picture long term. What was the feedback? What was was their concern? What is your average retiree or close to retirement? What are they thinking? Well, everyone's experience is so different. So they're, but I, I'd say that the, um, by and large, I think our clients trust us. And that's really what they, they, I, I, what we hope, what we want them to do is trust that we're watching out for this for them. We, um, you know, we don't do a lot in, you know, in checking accounts or FDIC accounts, more money markets, more right. mutual funds, ETFs, those, those kinds of things, more investments. And so, um, there hasn't been a lot of concern. It's more on the macroeconomic. Is this going to be a, um, a domino effect kind of thing? So it's, and I don't, I don't think it will be. I hope not, obviously. Um, you know, and I don't wish any bank ill, but if they're not, you know, if they're not, um, um, able to be competitive, then, but then you, I guess banks you, you also get mistakes, competitive Kelly, with, right? they do all the time. Oh, banks, yeah. banks make mistakes not, all the time. You know, it's a for profit, for, for profit industry. Right. They're going to, you know, and it's a lot of it is, you know, credit deals are underwritten at a, at a, at an employee level and then approved at a board level and you could make a wrong decision. I mean, things happen. Yeah. But I think what you guys have done, I mean, just even well, having me spread here, out too, the cash deposits are spread out yes. among many different banks. 
Uh, so you, uh, typically we, you know, we we're not coming up against a cap where a client has so much in cash that they um, are are over the FDIC limits. Yeah, it's it's you know, there's you've got the stock market, you've got investors that look at the Dow and the numbers every day, Kelly. You've got the general economy. We're in inflation. Everybody knows that. Real estate's rates have have been hiked. Real estate, mm-hmm. real estate is struggling right now, right? You've got so many ways to look at the economy. Then you've got banking, mm-hmm. and these are all separate, yeah. Are, right? Yeah. Oh, they're all well. They're separate, yeah. but together. I mean, you think about, you know, how many? Where where do people get money to borrow to buy a home? It's your it's your bank, it's your right? Bank. And so all of these things are intertwined. I think what we've learned here in the last four weeks is something I've you know I started a company that was a, that I sold recently around for fifteen years. Um, spreading out risk in FDIC insured deposits. So when somebody has, let's call it $500,000, you know, they work with me and I spread out their their money and that way they have it all FDIC insured. Until recently, I I, I think I battled people all the time when they'd say, well, banks aren't going to fail. I would, there's no, there's no problem with my money. You know, there was a three, four day period with Silicon Valley Bank where there, there were depositors with 300, 400 million, 20 million, 8 million that weren't sure they were going to get their money. Yeah. And when you think That's about what scary. the domino <laughs> effect, if it's a business or a municipality that has $10 million sitting in one bank, that all of a sudden you can't get that money. Can't make payroll. You can't make payroll. You can't pay vendors. Now you're laying people off. The domino effect of that yeah. is far more concerning to me. It's it's scary. I mean, I my phone blew up that whole weekend. I'd like ate yeah. all day, every day, the whole time, saying, "What do I do with all my money?" And yeah. so I think it's the timing of you having me here today to talk about you know everyday Wisconsinites, right? That right. are put have money in a local bank. How do you protect it? If they have a business, what can they do? Um, and to not be afraid, because yeah. there are ways to protect your money. There are ways, um, and we have great community banks in the state of Wisconsin. I, I'll tell you, in the United States of America, Wisconsin is in the top five of banks with safety and soundness at the highest level. What do you attribute that to? What's that? What do you attribute that to? I think it's you know the Midwest values of people pay their bills, and I think we're all pretty. You know, responsible as a, as a as a people, it's very parochial, and it's it's a it, we're not L.A., we're not New York, we we don't take risks like some of these other states do, and and we have a very strong lobby with the Wisconsin Bankers Association that supports our local banks, and so um you know I'm very confident that the state of Wisconsin's in a good in a good spot, but it's but I still will tell people you should still protect yes. your funds above and beyond FDIC, which today is at two hundred and fifty thousand per tax ID number per bank, not per bank branch per bank that's what we're insured up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars now that that could be at the same bank but i could have different accounts at one bank right kelly you it's it's per tax id so if you have one account with two hundred fifty thousand if you have three accounts that total two hundred fifty thousand it's two hundred fifty thousand at that bank per tax id are people rethinking the way they're they should be and spreading out, like you said. They absolutely should. Yeah, be. that's a that's a great point. And also, you mentioned businesses. Yes, this is about certainly individual, re, you know, people that are looking to make their retirement account grow. That's what we talk about yeah. on the show. But Aaron, it's also about businesses and in the boss segment, which we're going to do with you and Kelly after yes. the break. I think we'll address that. How does it affect businesses and what should oh, they? Yeah, because a lot of you know businesses here. I mean, we we both know a lot of businesses that have banking relationships. Um, and well, like Kelly mentioned, you got to keep your, you know, you got your loans with us. You got to keep your deposits with us too. Right. Um, 
I mean, so a lot of these are bigger businesses that? that they're going to be over the $250,000 FDIC. Well, chances limit. are most businesses are. Yeah. I mean, that's just the reality. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to be running so thin. Or having a staff of eight people trying to manage every bank and opening up new accounts and signature cards and trying to manage that on your own. It's a no. very tedious, tenuous process yeah. to do that. What's the difference between, uh, and this may be a silly question, between a bank and a credit union? Kevin? Oh, there's so many differences. So first of all, a bank... That's a good um, question, because I guarantee 90% of people listening have no clue. Yeah, banks pay taxes. Credit unions don't. I mean, that's A number one. And so shareholders of a bank are typically people that have bought stock within the bank. Um, shareholders of a credit union are typically deposit people that have deposits within a credit union. There's, I would argue, you know, depending on what your needs are, a credit union may be right for you. A bank may be right for you. Um, banks have 250000 worth of coverage under NCUA, similar to banks having FDIC. So there's some similarities there. Now, I would also argue that the boards of directors at banks are typically sophisticated business owners, people with experience, where the boards of a lot of our credit unions are just someone that has a deposit account at the credit union. So it's a different makeup of professionals um, versus kind of retail folks. Um, I, you know, Is there a, a different mix of products offered? They're pretty standard. I mean, the products are pretty standard. Business so products are not union. are not offered at most credit unions. They're not. Um, they, the business they ones are not. Business ones yeah. are not. It's typically for retail. For people like the three of us, yeah. you know, you need a boat loan credit union. You need a you know maybe a home loan a credit union. Okay. But you know, banks do a great job with that too. And so I'm a I'm a huge proponent of both because I I want people to have as many choices as possible. Cross savings and loan. <laughs> well, that's a bank, but I mean, I yeah, I mean those are good. They depending on the. Who was running it and how it's being run? Are there any left? There is a few left. Yeah, George Bailey. Yeah, there are there are some savings. That old broken down building. What was it called again? Bailey Bailey. I don't know. Oh, I can't remember the name. There's but yes, yeah, savings and loan is. I mean, think of a saving savings and loan as they do home mortgages and they fund them with certificates of deposit. Okay. That's how you got to think of an SNL. Yeah. It's the easiest way. I mean, there's you, more, but that's the easy, super easy way. It, Kelly has a way of explaining things so that I understand it. Right. And Erin, this is why we <laughs> love you. Know, she has a lot of experience talking to me, so she has to explain it like a no, five-year-old. No, that's not true. Not <laughs> and true. it's not dumbing it down. It's no. it's about Americans should be aware of what this all means. Absolutely. Well, that's what we try to do with our clients, too, is we try to explain, because some of these to- topics can be complex. That's right. And so we, when we talk to clients, we really try to ex- explain. So it's not um, lecturing that it's like, come on, idiot, don't you? know what this is right. it's it's explaining so we come from it you know, assuming you don't know what it what, what something is because most people just found out what some of these things are and so we try to when we talk with clients we try to explain what can be complex um financial instruments and situations you know in a way that that isn't uh patronizing but also that that explains what's, what's going on out there because i mean I think Aaron, you and I do yeah. that because, you know, I look at things very, Aaron and I look at things very much um, the same. And, and that is, yeah. we're just the same people as you. We just happen to be on the other side of the desk. We're moms, we're dads, we're, we're my, daughters, we're sons. I put my pants sons. on both legs at a time, well, just it is. like and you. We just, we just happen to have spent, you know, I've spent 30 years in the banking industry. You've spent less yeah. than that because you're younger than me. But you know what I mean? We've spent our time educating ourselves I've in something. Been in, I've been in the business 
pretty consistently for 24 years. There you now. go, 24 years. Wow. So you have the experience, but it doesn't mean you're better. Or de- it just means I have something that I want to educate you right. on and help you so you're not in a situation that there could potentially be risk, right? right? I mean, that's Absolutely. how I look at it. To me, it's all about financial freedom yes. and, and providing people the, the, the knowledge to understand how to have financial freedom. And financial freedom also means protecting everything that you have. And so I know Aaron does a great job and his firm is just top notch and they've done wonders in educating people just like I have on the other side of the on the other side of the balance sheet. Let's give out that information if people have questions today, want to reach out to the Kowal Investment Group or follow up or just want to talk to somebody. The Kowalway.com, great website, of course, for the Kowal Investment Group with locations in Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona, Racine. Recently, you've added Heartland to that list. Yeah. Aaron, and of course, market updates on WISN during the Mark Belling Show five days a week, Monday through Friday. You hear the Colwall Investment Group as well. And then weekends, it's this show, the Retirement Clinic with America's favorite banker, Kelly Brown. So good having you back on the show. Thank you so much. You're not going anywhere. You're stuck with us a whole hour. I, I'm <laughs> thrilled to be here. And I want uh, anyone that was listening, if they have questions, we'll give my contact out at the end of the show That's so people perfect. can re- reach out and I can certainly help them figure out how to protect their money. Well, and we mentioned too, there's the personal side of things, investing and, and banking. There's the business side. So when we come back, the boss segment, business owners, savings and security. Later in the show with Kelly Brown and Aaron Kowal, we will have the wealth management and preservation segment. It's all ahead. The retirement clinic is every Saturday at 10. I'm Paul Cronforce and this is WISN. Back with the boss segment, business owner savings and security. Welcome back. The retirement clinic continues with America's favorite banker. She's Kelly Brown. Hello. Sh- hello, Kelly. <laughs> in <laughs> studio. Now, years of financial services, your background in banking as well, uh, led Aaron to invite you on the show to talk about, obviously, the banking crisis. Is that a term? Um, I, wouldn't say over- it's a, I wouldn't say it's a crisis at this point. Um, I would say it's a challenge. Yeah banking challenge a couple of banks yeah. closed yeah well three we know it's, three it's an opportunity to improve it's an opportunity yes and yes. of course this segment focused on business owners so Aaron that being said that background business owners need loans they need banks they need there's loans, concern they need banks, as well they need FDIC insurance yes yeah we were talking before the show Kelly what do you, okay so I have a business um, but I have concerns about FD, FDIC how do I mitigate that? Any of those? How, how do I mitigate those issues? And well, there's a couple of diff- there's a couple of different things. It's it's not just businesses. I want people to think about if you help manage businesses, if you're an accountant and you work with businesses, this is a topic for municipalities. It is often very difficult for a business not to have more than two hundred and fifty thousand at a bank. Right. And so there are things that you can talk to your bank about. They have products that they can use to help protect your funds. Those products cost money. So if you were, let's just say you're getting a rate of 2% on money that's sitting at the bank today. If you said to the bank, I want it fully insured, what products and services do you have? They'd give you a a list of options and they may say, well, we can do that for you. But the rate you have now is 0.50%. So you're going to pay for the, the safety. Right. Similarly, if I mean, there are people out there, if they want to call me directly, I can work with them on not only protecting their funds, but also finding a rate that is probably one of the best in the nation because I, I work with so many banks nationwide. But it's it, this covers 
every everyone in a business, a business owner, a bookkeeper, an accountant, a lawyer that's handling trust funds, a, a hospital that has a endowment. I mean, it really crosses every type of client, not just businesses that should be paying attention to this topic right now. Okay. So, um, uh, do you have any like specific recommendations or what, I mean, do, do, should they be working with somebody like you that can spread it out at different banks or should they? Yes. Um, and I say that, and I say yeah. that not just to, you know, push business my way. That's certainly right. not it. Well. Why I say that is because the, the complexity of managing multiple bank right. accounts and getting a statement every month and different sign-ins for online banking and how do you move the money? And once you hit a certain number, when do I put more at this bank? And it just, the complexities, oh, it's just, fun, it, make sure, make it's sure overwhelming. It's One of my first clients I dealt with was a customer that when I met them, they had 144 bank relationships because uh, they were trying what? to do what we're talking about with two full-time people in an accounting office. We were able to come in there, clean all of that up, give them one statement, listed all the banks. They were able to deploy those other those those two full time people into different areas of their company, and so it just tells you working with an expert to help a business through this is the most efficient and effective way to get rate and security. You can do it on your own. It's just a lot of work. Wow! And so. Uh that is a lot of 144 banks. Yes. And now imagine every time you get a statement, every time you maybe you open up a CD and then it comes due and now you have to sign that over and cash it in and put it in your account and then do all the reconciliation. Is this a small mid-range company? It was probably a $30 million revenue company. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a decent size company. That's just a lot of banks to juggle. It was, And that was one of many. I mean, we've had some that have had, you know, 25 bank relationships. It's equally as oppressive to deal with it. But when people don't know there are solutions out there, there they don't know any better yeah and so getting the word out that these you know services like mine exist it it helps them and we can protect up to 50 million dollars per tax id in a program like what we're talking about so for those that have up to 50 million dollars we can get it fully fdic insured no problem and get one statement and you're good so there's there's products out there. Well, that's, now, that's also peace of mind. It's total peace of mind. It is total peace of mind. That much and now, money. When we, when we think about this, so let's say you have this $10 million deposit at a bank, and now you're going to use a product that spreads the $10 million out somewhere else. That bank actually needs those deposits. That's how they make loans. Sure. And we were talking well, a little yes. bit earlier about what about the rate environment for lending right yeah. now? Like what if I'm yeah, a business? I want to go buy a business or go yeah, buy. You want to go buy a business? You want to go build a, build something, buy a piece of equipment? What's happening with rates right now? Well, if you as you can imagine, what we have right now is liquidity challenge in banks. Banks need deposits. That's what is going on in banks right now. So if banks need deposits, they're going to be more reluctant to be lending right now. They're going to you're going to start to see banks pulling back on their lending, being you know tightening up the criteria, increasing the rate to make it like we don't have the lowest rates in town because we don't want every loan that's coming our way. They're going to be more selective in who they're lending to. So you're going to start to see a tightening on the lending side in the business community. Um, would that go for the personal lending as well? I need a mortgage. It would go for any lending. I mean, everybody knows rates are going up, Kelly. Yeah. We just don't know. Was that the last Fed rate hike or is it going to happen again? Well, I think, I mean, you know, what our sources are talking to us about is that we're going to have one or two more before the end of the year. And that could Gosh. cause more issues within these banks. So it's, it's now is the time to pay attention. Who's your banker? If you have plans for the rest of this year, if you're a business, make sure your banker understands what those plans are. Start pre-planning that with your bank so they know they're going to have to put this money aside if they're going to lend it to you, if you're a good customer of the what bank. Do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Aaron 
uh, as well. Too many rate hikes? Is it, are they doing what they need to do to combat inflation, or are, should they just stop already? I, I mean, I don't. This is the problem. Is is I think they need to raise rates to match inflation, and if we get to that point, we've got serious issues yeah. in the banking industry. So I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. What is? What about you, Aaron? Well, I never thought inflation was transitory it, right. in the first place. So they should have been doing this. Well, I haven't heard that term in a while. Well, right. yeah, and um, uh, I actually had a. I told an economics professor that I was meeting with. I told him I thought he was full of it that the because he, he just thought that the inflation should be transitory and right. would come down after the election. I said, "You're nuts! It's going to keep going." Well, clearly, gonna... time has shown that it's not transitory, right? Like and so I, they should have started doing this immediately after all the you know because they increased the money supply by forty percent. That's the issue is that they increased the money right. money supply, the M two money supply forty percent, and then here you have all this extra liquidity in there and now you have all this mm-hmm. extra uh inflation so they gotta try slow some of that down or pull some of that out of the system wasn't so, i in here like two years or maybe three might before covid it must have been and i said have you guys seen the cost of a pack of gum do you remember that yeah i do <laughs> that was before all of this was ha- i'm like there is inflation occurring and yeah. we're not even paying and i went in and bought a pack of gum and it was literally almost two dollars for a pack of gum and it was yeah. like what is happening? Yeah, and it's, it's slow gas, and it's quiet. Now Americans are seeing it across the That's board. That's right. Eggs, of course. Yeah, right. there's so many things. Inflation affects everybody, right? Well, and that's why housing, that's where housing is what it is. It's like we have high rates. You would think the price of housing should come down. It's not going to come down. Mm-mm. That's but not going to happen. It's like a remodel, a, not even a full remodel. It's a, just doing a room is how much it costs to build a house. Correct. 15 years ago. Correct. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like, and, and that's like, all, like, doesn't it still go back to supply and demand as well, Kelly? Right now, the, the housing market lacks inventory. Yes. My wife is in real estate, so I hear this every day. Yeah. There's just not enough homes on the market. There are buyers well, for but think the about, homes. But Paul, think about this. If you were someone that locked in yeah, a rate, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. All of the people that refinance anything under 4%, they're not going to leave where they're sitting well, the rates are climbing, climbing i can climbing. use myself as an example it's 2.6 it's a there's a 15 year mortgage yeah we, we refinanced years ago right? Yeah. right it's almost paid off yeah why would i go you wouldn't and move and get a new mortgage you wouldn't of course and not. even if you pull the equity out today you're going to be paying eight and a half percent on a home equity line of credit it just doesn't make sense and financial sense the monthly payment on that is is almost un, un unbearable for most Amer- yeah. most families in wisconsin that's right and new i mean Historically, if we put it in perspective, let's say we're talking 6%, maybe 7% for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. Yeah. It's not all that bad. It's just it was so low. It was so low for so long. Yeah. I mean, that that's really, and we got used to it. You know, I talked to my clients. A lot of them are, are baby boomers. And you know, you say, what was your rate on your first mortgage? 12%. Yeah. I, was, I was thrilled to get it. You know, and But the difference is that house was $62,000. Right. And now that same house is $622,000 and it's at that rate. That's and, but, right. But yeah. wages haven't kept up. I mean, yeah. there are, th- yeah. that's the problem that we have and it's not sustainable. So right. there's, I think there's a lot of other chatter about the banking, it, you know, banking in a whole in our country. Um, monetary policy. We're starting to see shifts in the dollar and who's accepting it. I mean, there's a lot of things to be cautious about, which is why protecting any money that you have is imperative. Yeah, we're not yeah. a third world country. I think people think, well, my money's safe. Yeah. This is the United States of America, right? Right. The dollar's always been safe and strong. We're the most powerful, best country on the planet, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, man. Right. Things are changing. They're changing. And people just need to be aware of it. And like I said, and protecting everything their retirement 
their their futures. They need to be protecting where they can. Aaron, for retirement plans, of we should never abandon saving for retirement. Right. You never want to, you know, I mean, people when COVID hit too, it's the same thing. Markets are down over 35% or whatever. Yeah. Should I stay in? Well, look what happened. Yeah, they rebounded. That, that were persistent, that stuck to their plan, yeah. were rewarded for that. And those that pulled were... And that'll never like, change, right? Mm-hmm. No, and, and after the dust settles on something like that, that's the time to make change, major changes. You have to reevaluate your risk tolerance and then invest towards your risk tolerance. And then as you go through an economic cycle, then you know that's that's when you have to realize, you know, uh, if... If you're aggressive, if it's bravado, oh, I can handle anything. And then when when some, when a crisis happens uh, or an economic event happens, know that mm, maybe I can't. Or the situation changes, you're not older, and you don't want to have to worry about that yeah. anymore. But even people heading into retirement, they, you know, it's not like you die. You know, it's you have a longer time horizon into retirement as well. So you got to watch past that. So many people are focused on that goal line. Of retirement and not be looking it. past it, right. be like, okay, I need to have it all, all in treasuries now. Well, no, because you got to keep growing this thing in, or or at least keeping up in retirement. Otherwise, I think your, your dad famously says all the time over the years on the show, you could screw up and live a long time. Yes. <laughs> in other words, we don't know how long we're going to live and how much money we're going to need to sustain a comfortable quality of life. So you must plan appropriately. What if I do live to be 93, 94? Right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Right. And we are living longer. That That's for certain. I think COVID put a dent in that average. A little bit from, from but, all deaths. But not but much, yeah. right? So if we're living to be on average 79, 80, and we retire at 62 to 65, that's quite a bit. Yeah, well, I hope it's longer than 79 or 80. I'm sorry? For I you. hope it's, I hope Women, it's longer. You will right. live way beyond <laughs> us, Kelly Brown. Yeah. I don't know about <laughs> You are America's favorite bionic banker. woman. Here, right? <laughs> right. I like that, bionic woman. <laughs> Kelly Brown is our guest after a break. In fact, after when we're all done with this, we've got the wealth management and preservation segment next. On the Retirement Clinic, if you've got questions, we send you to the Cowall Investment Group at 262-522-4040. TheCowalway.com and Kelly Brown will give out her contact info at the end of the show. So stay tuned. A lot coming up on WISN's Retirement Clinic with Aaron Kowal, your host. I'm Paul. This is WISN. Welcome back on WISN, the Retirement Clinic with the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialist, President Aaron Kowal, your host today, with our guest, Kelly Brown. Many, many years in banking, financial services, and that sector brings all of the those years of experience to help us with this segment. Uh, you are America's favorite banker. I I've love, been told. I've I been love told. that, by the way. <laughs> and you will give out your info at the end of the hour for people off air that want to chat. But this segment, Aaron, is about wealth management and preservation. Yeah, it's about wealth management preservation. The show is for everybody. Uh, the segments for people with with a million dollars or more. Um, but I think that this can actually help 
um, just about anybody too. Uh, so we have a white paper. If anybody's interested in it, we, I'm happy to get out, get it out to you. What are your biggest financial concerns? I'm not going to go into all of them uh, right now, but I, but there is a section that I want to talk about with Kelly. Uh, I'll, I'll read a little bit of this. It says, it goes without saying that you play a crucial role in making decisions that will determine whether you will achieve your financial dreams. That's why it makes sense to have great clarity about your sp- uh, specific financial issues and concerns that are most important to you and the people you care about. Only then can you take steps designed to address them. So it goes, we go through a number of concerns, five major concerns. Number one is preserving wealth. The goal with wealth preservation is to produce the best possible investment returns consistent with your time frame and tolerance for taking investment risk. Preserving wealth throughout one's lifetime has become the single biggest financial issue that most of today's affluent investors face. Just ask yourself this question. How sure are you that you have or will eventually have the wealth that is required to meet your needs, reach various, your various goals, and live the life you want? You know, we want to live a life of significance, right? A vast majority of affluent, affluent investors are asking themselves this very question. In one landmark study, nearly 90% said that they are quite concerned about preserving their wealth. And nearly three-quarters of investors, 71.5%, said that they worry about having enough money to last throughout their retirements. What's more is we find out these issues have consistently been at the top of the list for the majority of affluent investors year in and year out. So, Kelly, um, what can they do? Let's talk about <laughs> preserving our wealth. Preserving our wealth. Making the money Make last, right? Well, yeah. I, here, again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm harping on this topic today because of what everyone has read about over the last four weeks or so. When we talk about preserving wealth, that also includes your bank accounts, what you have at your local bank or at a national bank, or if you bank at Chime or Aspiration.com or Ally Bank that doesn't have a branch. All of the banks that you guys have money in, there are ways to protect and preserve your deposits. And you have to make sure that, number one, if you're a retail depositor, and let's just say it's, um, you know, Aaron and his wife have an account at, we'll call it Chime. And that account, because Aaron and his wife have a, their names on the title of that account, they each have protection of 250000 So that account at Chime, you would have $500,000 worth of coverage. Now, what if you had 700000 sitting in that account? The remainder is not covered. You have $200,000 that's potentially at risk. What can you do? You can add what's called a payable on death. Right. P-O-D. You call your bank. They can add that very simply on a signature card, and it would be a payable on death name of a child, of a friend, of a whoever it is. That if you are dead, that those funds payable on death with with presentation of a death certificate at the bank, they will release those funds to that individual or group of individuals. So you doesn't can have, have to go through probate. Or? It doesn't have to do any of that. Yeah. And so that payable on death, if you have three children, you can have three PODs on that account, 250, 250, 250, in addition to you and your wife. So that's something that every person that's listening that has a bank account can very quickly cover accounts at their local bank if they have account if they have deposits that are over 250,000. Now remember, this is not accounts that you would have at Coal, maybe in a money market right. mutual fund or something like that. This would be certificates of deposit, checking accounts, savings accounts, bank money market accounts, not money market mutual funds, bank money market accounts. Right. So putting the proper titling on those accounts, very simple to do. You can walk into a branch and do it today. It's easy to do, and you can preserve and potentially protect your your money. What about uh, in a trust? 
in a trust. Trusts get a little more complicated, but traditionally trusts have 1250000 is the max coverage on a trust. And that has to do with, again, the titling of the trust and who the beneficial um, or the trustees are on that particular trust. Um, you can go to FDIC.gov to find out specific information. And there's a lot of great detail on that website that will that will direct you um, in how to how to properly title accounts in the trust to ensure that you get that 1.25 million of coverage. And why would it be 1.25 on trust? I don't expect you to. It's it's just a con- it's just the way that they're the way that they're designed with a number of trustees and how the trust is actually written. So it just every trust is some are irrevocable, some are revocable. Sure. So there's rules around how does the trust have its own tin? Is it in your tin? So there's rules based on ba- the tin of the trust and the titling of the trust that are different than a retail deposit that is your social security number or your wife's social security number that are attached to that account. So it's a little different. A tin. Acronym. Tax ID number. <laughs> I knew it. Businesses have a tax ID. We have a social security number. So remember, right. it's 250000 per TIN or per SSN. And uh, so are there any other banking products that are for this segment that people should be aware of that they maybe aren't aware of? Should they be looking at CDs or something that we're not even, that I'm not even familiar with? Are there, are there things out there right now that are, are particularly good or things to stay away from right now because of the current banking environment? Mm, I, I, you know, what I would tell people is if the savers out there right now, I mean, rates are pretty good. So, um, you know, you're starting to see rates uh, creeping up at some institutions above about 4%, maybe a little bit higher. Like a CD? CDs. You can get some decent CDs. Some of the best CDs right now and those that are looking capital one has great cds if you go online to capital one they're a highly rated bank very well very strong very sound um really great rates ally bank has some great rates the online banks tend to have a little bit higher rates on cds so that would be something if you're looking for a little bit of that stable income that's where i would look sounds good but five years ago had we said that what certificates of depreciation we were calling it right right are a great Uh, way to get poor slowly yeah, <laughs> I've never heard that. Well, they weren't even at 1%. No, right? they weren't. So. They were under 1%. How times have changed, right? right? Uh, yeah, and it's a matter of kind of changing with those or being proactive, right? Not burying your head in the sand. And don't just auto-renew. Make sure you pay attention. Don't let the bank auto-renew your yeah. CD. Pay attention to what rates, rates are. They will not give you the best rate. So That's pay right. attention. You have yeah. to ask for that. That's right. Well, good stuff. Now, Kelly, you will. we've got two things to do. When we come back, Kelly Brown will give you her information, how to reach out and talk to Kelly. America's favorite banker, Aaron Kowal, has information on an inflation seminar coming up with, this is awesome, because I went to college with him, former Channel 12 Sports Director Dan Needles. He will be hosting this event with the Kowal Investment Group. It's about inflation. It's a seminar that's free, and it's open to all of WISN listeners. That's coming up next. We'll tell you about it on WISN's Retirement Clinic. Okay, as we wrap up today's Retirement Clinic 2 important announcements. One will be from Aaron Kowal regarding an event, an inflation seminar coming up soon. Kelly Brown, America's favorite banker. We want to thank you for your time, Kelly. Anytime. Okay, we'll have you back next week. I'll come. (laughs) Kelly, regarding the banking issues we've talked about today, if people want to follow up and business owners alike, how can we reach you? Yeah, so there's two ways. You can call me personally and I'll give you my my office number is 262 381-8401, 381-8401, or you can send me an email, and that email is k brown like the color, so K-B-R-O-W-N, at Patriot 
F as in Frank, P as in Pi, dot com. So kbrown at patriotfp.com. Yeah, I've been on the show many, many years, and we thank you again. Have a great weekend, Kelly Brown. Thanks, you too. And Aaron Cobalt, this inflation seminar is actually hosted by Dan Needles. Yeah, it's hosted by Dan Needles. It's a, it's a panel discussion. Uh, and so uh, we've got some great people on the panel. We have an economist coming uh, to talk. It should be as fascinating as inflation can be, but I think we're going to address a lot of issues, help a lot of people here. It's really about helping people, and um, I think that it's going to be a, uh, a fantastic event. It's on April 27th. That's a uh, Thursday. At, yeah, at the Milwaukee Marriott West, uh, high, high, Highway F, near our Waukesha, Pewaukee office, right off the freeway. Really easy to get to. What time does that get underway, Aaron? Yeah, check-ins at 5, you know, 5 to 5.30, panel discussion 5.30 to 6.30. Q&A till 7 or whatever you know, people run out of questions. We should sign up. It's free of charge. And the best way to do it is on your website. Yeah. Uh, the Kowal Way, K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com. Give our office a call, 262-522-4040. You'll also find us on uh, Twitter at, you know, at Kowal underscore invest, Facebook and LinkedIn as well. Yeah, all over social media. But that website of yours is a great yeah. uh, resource to have. And all the locations are at thekowalway.com. Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona, Racine, and recently they added Heartland. Monday through Friday, market updates on WISN. What a great show. Aaron Kowal, a pleasure as always. Pleasure all mine. Thank you, Paul. And we're back next Saturday. Each week, the Retirement Clinic, 10 a.m. Saturdays on WISN. Busting or